Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does it feel to look back on life and see that God was preparing you for what you do today from the very beginning? This is the story of Kyle Kelson, whose first job during college was owned by a Christian, and so it has gone with believers either leading the companies he's worked for or believers bringing him in. Reminding us of Proverbs 16, verse 9. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We pause to remind you the reason we have the Good Life radio program and podcast is to share how the love of Jesus makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong, so strong. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He was buried and rose again on the third day, offering God's hope, hope that has been received by Kyle Kelson, and hope that we pray you will receive if you have not yet done so. Would you turn from your way to God's way? That's called repentance. Would you open your heart to Jesus? Would you receive him as your Savior and Lord and and walk in the way of Christ? My friend, if you already know the Lord, I think you're going to be encouraged today. Kyle Kelson is a chair and business forum leader in the center of New England area of C12, where he serves business leaders in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. While much of his work has been with Fortune 500 companies, Kyle has had extensive experience serving SMB firms. He graduated from Eastern Nazarene College in business and completed executive programs at Boston University, University of Chicago, and Harvard University. He is married to Leslie. Kyle, welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Danny. It's great to be here. Where did you grow up? That is a loaded question. So my dad was military and my mom was a hippie. And so my dad moved around a lot, and when my parents got divorced, my mom moved around a lot. And so, interestingly enough, the first place I met my father was in Hawaii when he was on leave, uh, R&R, from uh, from the Vietnam War. And so I was born in California and have lived probably half the states up until now, and I've been in New England for most of my adult life. Moved to New Hampshire about 20 years ago. Is there any particular state in all those years that left an indelible impression that was formational in who you became, who you've become. Yeah. So I'd say there's a couple different things. And the living in Hawaii was interesting because, as we were joking about before, uh, I was an ethnic minority there. And so that really struck me because that was the first time that had happened. Uh, And then moving to California and being in a predominantly Hispanic environment, that was also transformational. Uh, 
Uh, and then the last one, uh, in terms of those big moves, that was also transformational was living in Maryland in a predominantly African-American community. So it gave me sort of a sense of culture that I don't think the average uh, person in the U.S. gets, even no matter what, what people group they're part of. So, Father in the military, mother mm -hmm. a hippie, mm -hmm. uh, a, a kind of transient life mm -hmm. growing up. Who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? Yeah, I would say there's a couple different folks that were really impactful. Uh, one was my father. Uh, he was sort of the bastion of strength in our family um, because he was the one who was really more, my, my mom was a little bit on the wilder side. And so he was an early influence and continued to be an influence. And then there was a gentleman after I came to Christ, uh, there's a long story there, who was an African-American military uh, officer who was in, a ch in the church we were at. It was on a, on a military base. And he led our Sunday school class. And he gave me a Bible. And he gave me different scriptures to read and really was sort of the first mentor that I remember from a faith perspective. So that gentleman was impactful. Uh, and then I had some college professors and uh, high school instructors that were also really impactful. And then I would say that the leader of the small group ministry, or the uh, I should say the singles ministry at Grace Chapel years ago, David Johnson, who's now a pastor on the Cape, uh, was outstanding and super influential in helping me to grow up to be a Christian man in my early 20s. You mentioned your faith, your journey to faith. Mm -hmm. You became a Christian. Take us back. What was that like? How did you, Kyle Kelson, become a Christian? Sure, sure. So to kind of bring us from the hippie mom, uh, military dad, my dad had mostly custody, and my mom uh, would have custody occasionally, usually when we wanted to go spend time with her uh, more than anything because she was asking. And during one of the times that I was with her, she was really getting involved in drugs and alcohol uh, in a major way, in fact, giving me uh, a joint when I was eight, uh, which is not normal behavior as I understand it now. <laughs> so... So she did that, and so at that point, she was realizing that she was kind of on the edge, too. Even though she had that perspective, uh, she realized that there was something wrong and that you're not supposed to do that with kids and that, that when I was trying to go find her in bars sometimes, that that's not normal behavior for a parent and child. So she decided to send me to go live on a commune in Tennessee that was started by a group out of California. It was called The Farm. It's still relatively famous. Like if you talk about communes in the U.S., it's kind of the one that's most widely known. And so she put me on a plane from Oregon. We were in Eugene, Oregon. And I flew by myself uh, to Tennessee and met with a family there. And the good part of that was the people were incredibly loving and caring for kids, which is what she had said. But it, I wasn't with my parents. I was basically a foster kid on a commune. And so about that time, my mom got saved at a Keith Green concert in Oregon. And so she ended up realizing that this was a mess. She, she got out alcohol and drugs, and she and her father drove from Oregon to come pick me up. And, and then they ended up helping my dad and my stepmother get saved, and my brother get saved as well. So it was a really cool story, and uh, just neat how God works. So that's how I came to faith. Uh, I, I accepted Christ on Yom Kippur, 1978. Yom Kippur, 1978. 
Your mother comes to Christ at a Keith Green concert. Songs for the shepherd. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think of when I think of Keith Green. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Why do you believe God led you to Christian leaders mm. and business from the beginning? Mm, from the beginning. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh I don't know if I understood it when I was younger. I think most of the time, and I've talked to other people who've had the same experience, you sort of realize how God was working when you look back, not when it's happening. And so I think some of the things that were going on is my dad early on was involved in organizational effectiveness in the Army. So even though he was a military officer and and he was a Green Beret, uh, Special Forces, that whole thing, but he was also very involved in people. He also got his master's in marriage and family counseling. So I just watched him professionally, and I looked at the way people appreciated him and what he did and the value that he brought and sort of those soft skills of those things that people don't always think about. And then my aunt, who is a faithful believer, she was probably the one person who was praying for us all the whole time. Uh, and she told me at an early age that she thought God had big plans for me and something really significant. And it's been neat to see now uh, those things come to fruition. But the professional journey, you know, I, 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 I went to college on an Air Force ROTC scholarship. I did 10 years of college. Not, a way to, not an ideal way to do it. And when I came out of that experience of walking away from the Lord and seeing the damage that was done and my, the lost scholarship and having to pay it back and not being able to get college done in four years, then I began to think about, you know, personal and professional leadership uh, under the under the guidance of, of Scripture is really uh, something that can transform people. And then I, would, I was at Grace Chapel uh, with David Johnson. They had a speaker come in named Doug Sherman, and Doug Sherman wrote a book about why your work matters to God. And after going to that talk, I was like, okay, so I can bring these two things together. I can bring work and faith together in some tangible way. And again, I didn't really put the thread together until later when I was up at Gordon College and I looked at the Ken Olson Center, and I'd worked at DEC in my early career. And I looked over at the Thomas Phillips Science Center, and I'd worked at Raytheon when Tom Phillips was there, professing believer. And I said, you know, God, you have been preparing me for this. You have been filling out the skill set that I needed. You have been preparing me uh, emotionally, spiritually. My marriage is in a, a good place, finally. You know, after 25 years, I got my marriage in good shape about 15 years in, you know, which is about right. And so it's just been neat to see those little ways that God, God drives them on the path. You pinpoint this moment at Gordon College, mm -hmm. Ken Olson, Tom Phillips, mm -hmm. Christian leaders, renowned Christian business leaders mm -hmm. who are believers. But this pinpoint moment of reflection seems to have had a, a, a degree of crystallizing with relation to purpose and mm. destiny. Someone today, Kyle, is listening and their, their life situation may cause them to feel out of whack. Mm. Now they, they, they can't make sense. They're not connecting the dots as you have. And it intrigues someone. Certainly it intrigues me to hear how God has indeed worked even for believers. Mm -hmm. Some believers may look back and think, I cannot make sense <laughs> of what is happening. Mm -hmm. But I've heard that God 
is a purposeful God. There's, a, there's an end game in the way God moves. Let's continue. Let's talk a little bit more because the Lord, from that point, your experiences, from your father, his leadership influence, mm-hmm. all collectively has prepared you for the moment of today. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Kyle Kelson sharing his story, sharing his life. My friend, as we go to break, let not your heart despair when you feel like things are out of whack. When you sense that as things seem to be going out of control, there is an anxiety that wells up in you, a sense of panic. Fear not, the Lord says. Take heart, my friend, as the scripture reminds us. Jesus sends Kyle Kelson to share heart to heart with you, with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the barren sky 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. You may be crying out to the Lord. You may be at a point where you can't even put it in words. What's stirring up in your heart? What despair you might be feeling? But God knows. God hears. So he sends Kyle Kelson today. It's clear that God has been preparing him for C12 since the very beginning. First job with Digital Equipment Corporation, founded by Ken Olson, a Christian. And and then Raytheon, led by Tom Phillips, another Christian, connecting the dots. I sense today, my friend, that there there will be a movement of dot connecting even in your life. You can find out more about C12 at joinc12.com. Kyle will share more about that in a moment. Who were some of your mentors in business? Mm. That's a great question. There's a couple of folks that did that from the Christian perspective in business. Uh, But if I think generally there was a gentleman who was uh, my leader at uh, Checkpoint Software. And what he endowed us with is whenever you would go in to see him and you thought you had everything worked out, he would come back with a question. And so I can't remember time going into his office with, hey, we should do this or this or this, where he didn't come back with that question. And I think if we think about the way Christ modeled things, uh, this gentleman wasn't a Christian, to my knowledge, and, and probably still is not. 
but he understood that dynamic of going back to a question. And so that was, that was a, an inf- uh, a one that was really helpful. Why was that helpful? Because I think that a lot of times we think that being the boss or being the leader is telling everyone what to do as opposed to trying to call out in them the knowledge or making them work through whatever it is that the issue is as opposed to providing the, the answer. And a lot of times, if you're the best leader, you're going to hire amazing people anyway. And so why, when they come to you, give them the answer? Why not help them work through that? And obviously, Christ used it for a different way. He was trying to get at people's assumptions to try and understand where they were really coming from as opposed to the question. So always looking at the question below the question or the answer that's below a couple of letters of questions. Other mentors? Other mentors, I would say, in the, in the same organization, there was a gentleman who was a, a believer who got me hired there, actually. He's the one who introduced me to the organization. And he had a way of making sure that everyone, he, he basically modeled Christ in the workplace. And I hadn't really seen that done that effectively before. And I probably, at that time, had been more of a bad model of Christ in the workplace than a good model. And so it's just good to see how uh, his faith and his work were just completely connected, and there was no separation. So it was just a beautiful thing. And, it, and again, I can't, I can't describe the actions necessarily, but you just could see he lived it out, and everybody respected him. He was uh, an incredibly knowledgeable person, incredibly competent, but incredibly loving and caring for people. Christ-like coherence. Mm-hmm. Someone that's the same when the son or daughter says, Daddy, mm-hmm. Or wife calls him honey, mm-hmm. and same guy at work. Yeah, absolutely. Same guy if he's a golfer on the golf course and shooting hoops at the basketball absolutely. court. Absolutely. How has your faith shaped your perceptions as a business leader? It's interesting. I, I just had dinner in Washington, D.C. a couple of months ago with a student uh, from a mission trip I had gone to in Hungary in the early or late, late nineties. And he's now, he was now there for a world bank conference. So he had gone and heard Jamie diamond and all these big financial experts speak about stuff. And the question he asked me as we were walking away from dinner was, why are you doing a Christian business thing? Like, why does that even matter? And I said, you may find people that have ethics. You may find people that have morals in the world. Uh, but you're not always going to, there's not always going to be that compelling reason to do that, right? So there's, it may happen because they're a good person or they're trying to do those things, but in the end, there's no logical reason for them to do that behavior, right? So when we look at the stuff that just happened with FTX and we look at, you know, the, the fraud and the, and the, and the, the, the things that even Twitter uh, just happened in terms of the things that they were trying to suppress, uh, not to make a political statement, but people were being unethical and people were acting in a bit in a way and without Christ central to that, uh, especially for the believer, you're not going to have those those things happen in the way that they should. And and bigger than that, you're going to miss out on this huge opportunity for ministry. You know, the gentleman we were just talking to out in the hallway, um, he was talking about his role as a pastor. As a pastor, you might get twelve if if somebody's a nominal Christian, you might get twelve hours a year from Sunday. They might come to church once a month or on Easter or those kinds of things. And so the biblical influence is so small. But if you're an employer or you're, you're working at a place and you're a believer and, and you're clear about your faith, 
you've got 2,000 hours of influence potentially with that person. That's a huge difference. And so how we live it out, how this gentleman that I, that I worked with lived it out made an impact on everyone, whether they were believers or not. And that's what we're trying to do is help, help you know, that's what I'm trying to do as a leader is be that kind of leader who rubs off on people in a positive way and brings God glory in the process. Who is Buck Jacobs? Who is Buck Jacobs? Buck Jacobs is the founder of C12, and he was uh, not a Christian for most of his life, his adult life, uh, was hugely successful in business, uh, came to Christ, and realized that there really should be an avenue for, in particular, Christian business owners, right? Because there's a lot of different people who are in the marketplace. There's people who are working for companies. There's people who are who are investing in companies, and there's people who own companies. There's CEOs who get hired into companies uh, by external forces, and he realized that there was a, a subset of people that wasn't being served very well, and this was that group of business owners as well as people who were hired CEOs. So if you look at, that's kind of our makeup of our, of our folks, and the beauty of it is, is there's a lot of great other organizations that serve other folks who are, who are doing just straight up marketplace ministry, but that's what he was looking to serve. And he also wanted to see what it would look like to have a full day meeting, as opposed to some of the other organizations that do sort of a prayer breakfast or a Bible study. He was like, we wanna be able to lean into their professional growth and their personal growth. We wanna include elements of accountability. We wanna include uh, elements of prayer. We wanna be able to have it be like a a retreat day, right? A retreat day to focus on what God has for his business, the one that you're shepherding for him or stewarding for him and making sure that you're not distracted by all the cell phones and the email and all that stuff for a day a month. And so that's what he wanted to create. I imagine relationships deepen in those meetings lasting a day a month. Why the name C12? So the name C12 came out of the Christian 12, and so that was the way Buck first named it. And when he first started getting a small group of guys together, uh, and of that group, uh, you know, obviously C12 or 12 is the number biblically from a disciple's perspective. And so that number works well from an organizational dynamics as well. So if you have 16 people in a small group, as you know, if you have a small group at your house, it's a little unwieldy. If you have four, you know, if some, one or two people miss, then it's not as effective. So it's both a uh, sort of a biblical background to the story, but also practically it works really well from a small group dynamic standpoint. I want to get into this now. We may need a little more time later. Hmm. In fact, let's jump into that when we come back Come back from our break. Okay. We're talking about C12. You mentioned Buck Jacobs, mm-hmm. the founder. I want to talk about the framework. Mm-hmm. What What happens in a, in a full day meeting once a month? Mm-hmm. Structure, dynamics, some of those thoughts, and what... Have you seen come out of that? Mm-hmm. More from Kyle Kelson. Join C12.com. That's how you can find out more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. Famously beneath the barren sky. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. 
the Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through the good life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Kyle Kelson and C12 say, don't lead alone. Your, your peers can help you build a great business for a greater purpose. Leaders limit their potential when they lead from isolation. That's why thousands of faith-driven, results-minded CEOs and executives meet in C12 business forums monthly to both encourage and challenge one another. You can find out more at joinc12.com. Look, if you're tuning in right now or maybe caught the tail end of that last segment, yes, we are going to talk about the framework. You can find out more and you can get this podcast. Just go to drdanny.live. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. Kyle, what is the C12 framework? The C12 framework is essentially the four things that you would think of from business, right? So you think about revenue generation, that's business 101. Financial management, that's also key. Organizational development, so who are my people, what do they look like? Operations management, how am I running things? How are we doing that? And then the capstone of it for C12 is ministry. And so what we do is every month we'll do a section on ministry and we'll focus on things that you and I would normally think about as ministry, like apologetics. Um, but we'll also look at things that people wouldn't think of about ministry. Things like if I have an employee who's not performing well and I have to do an evaluation of them, how do I care for them like Christ would in that very tough situation. I talked to one business owner who he always thought he had done a nice job of doing that until he had his daughter in working at the company and he had to fire somebody. And he said he was so ashamed he could see his daughter's face change, her countenance change, as she watched this loving father be sort of a brutal as he let somebody leave the company. And so we're trying to look at that specifically as how is a Christian business different? How do we love on people differently as well as how do we run an excellent business? So those are the, that's the kind of the framework. And then we'll hit one of those other topics each month as well. So always a business topic and always a ministry topic every meeting. Business, ministry. Someone might be asking, why do you have to involve ministry and business? Business why? is business. <laughs> why wouldn't you involve business in ministry? I mean, we don't want to live this bifurcated life where we're, where most business owners uh, and even people in, in the workplace, they'll usually 
write checks to churches and ministries, and they'll go to church, and maybe they're on the elder board or things like that. And we look at New England, where the Christian footprint is fairly small from a percentage-wise perspective, if you look at Barna and those kinds of things. And so the conduit is Jesus owns your business, God owns your business, so why aren't you thinking about it in that context? Why aren't you shepherding it in terms of the resources, in terms of how you care for people, how you care for your clients, how you care for your, uh, your employees, your vendors, everyone? It, it just is a matter of good stewardship. You know, you're good with your finances. You good stewardship with your house. You raise your children well. You, you work on having a great marriage, but you're going to leave your business out of that. It's just so it's such a loss of what God's given you that we want to make sure people invest. So this is an, an investment in the company, but in the CEO, the president, mm-hmm. the business owner of the company. Mm-hmm. What have you learned? What surprises did you come across in engaging and serving presidents and business owners? I think the, the surprise is how many people wanted to do something, but they didn't know how. And in New England, they probably didn't have a great model. You know, they might know about, you know, one of the famous uh, food franchises that that exists around the country uh, that serve not beef but other products. And they look at that. They look at that model. They look at some of the larger uh, hobby stores that are around, and they might think about that model. But they're not sure. If I run an architecture firm in Boston, like one of the largest black-owned bar- architecture firms in Boston, what would that look like? Or if I'm running, if I'm a Brazilian up from Brazil and in New England, and I start a cleaning company that's now 350 people, how do I do Christ in that environment? Or if I'm running a uh, a mortgage firm down in Rhode Island, what does that look like? Or if I'm running a food delivery service in Portland, Maine. You know, how do I do this in that context? And I can't go talk to my pastor and say, Pastor, how do I, I got this issue? Because they're like, well, do you know anybody else who's in business? And <laughs> like Christians in business, no. So getting a group of us together really gives that, that sort of leverage and magnification of that impact. Have you seen the light go on in, in some of these leaders that have been in your, in your C12 groups? I'm talking about life coming to the group being a life-giving experience for them that they almost like parched, a parched soul finding an oasis. And if so, I see you nodding. An example or two? Yeah, sure. So in terms of uh, life-giving situations, we've had one gentleman who came uh, who I'm, I'm not sure where his faith was really at. He said God called him to join us, but there's a lot, you didn't really see the fruits necessarily. And yet he was faithful to what God called him to do. He, he kept showing up and kept resisting, but he kept showing up and kept showing up. And over time, it's been really cool to see how the spirit has really gotten into him. And he's, he came in uh, and said with colorful language, which, again, we're still trying to figure out how, how we get there. But he said, you know, the Holy Spirit got up all in my stuff. And it's been cool to see that transformation in his life where he looked at his marriage as a as a contract not a relationship now he's looking at more relationships so the journey's not done yet but that's one example of one that was more rough around the edges and is 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 being polished in a good way and god's doing some cool things there 
Uh, there are also some that looked at um, looked at their work and they they basically were still too tied up in work. So one, we asked we do an interview with the spouses once a year as part of a 360 interview. And the first year, the spouse said their work-life balance was like a three. And then the next year, they said it was an eight. And uh, tears were flowing, and it was just a really great uh, opportunity to see. Because, again, we all want to do the right thing. We all want to have a great business and be with our families and do all these things. But there's very few places where you can go to get the accountability and that you can pray and work through these issues and people know where you're coming from. You know, it's 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 it sounds strange probably to people who aren't in business, but there aren't many places that are that are safe for an entrepreneur to like let their let their guard down because at church they're considered a leader whether they're a leader or not. Uh, and in their families, you know, they can't always talk about the business stuff because maybe there's resentments about things. And in their peer group, you know, everybody else is working at a company, and they, you know, the the thing that is heavy on their hearts is this whole process of like. If I don't do my job right, people are going to, like families are not going to get fed or, you know, mortgages aren't going to be paid. Rent's not going to get paid. Like, and that's on, that's on their head, you know, like that's, that's heavy stuff. And so to be able to process that and when people start to, to make those decisions, like we had one uh, business owner that during COVID, he said, you know, I've got this money coming in, but, but, but we don't necessarily need this money because things are going okay. So I'm going to take on, because I know there's other things on their head, their, their, their heart, I'm going to take on a bigger percentage of my employees' medical benefits. So I'm going to pay more than the average employer would to take that on. Uh, those are the kind of things that are really cool. Um, there's also a story from Brazil, because uh, we just started in Brazil about four years ago, and I just heard about this from a conference, because one of my members is, a couple of my members are Brazilian, where the owner of the company in Brazil went around with a pastor to all of his employees and sat with them and just said, hey, I wanted to get to know you a little better and found out like some of them, you know, wanted to find out about their life. And some of them were like, were together with somebody but not married. And so he said, well, tell me why, you know, what's going on there? And they said, well, we can't afford it. It's too expensive. So he had a marriage ceremony for and paid for everything, the gown, everything, the reception for 10 of his employees who wanted to get married, who couldn't afford it. So it's just those kinds of things, like those are things that you're doing above and beyond to help people. Um, and that's the thing that's transformational is when your heart's in it, not just your mind is in it, then those are when those changes happen. And it's really cool to see. There's a pull as you talk about these counterintuitive movements. Mm decisions that business owners mm -hmm. make who are part of C12, mm -hmm. listening to one another as a spirit. You talk about peer, peer group. Mm -hmm. Is there a component where business owners who wouldn't share something with someone else for various reasons, that they are able to share, say, a major issue that they're going through in their company and others in the group set things aside and focus on the problem? Yes. And help work through yes. an issue, almost like making it a case study that's personalized for this colleague 
knowing that one day it might be me. Yeah, absolutely. Does that happen? Absolutely. Yeah, so every there's there's two ways in which that works itself out in, in the course of a meeting. Maybe, maybe more precisely three or four, but two main ones. One is every month there's an open forum in the afternoon, and that's at least an hour where people put stuff up on the table. It may be something personal, or it may be something in the company, that kind of thing. So it, it runs the gamut. We've seen it all. And then the other context that's primary is every year they do a core business presentation, and that's focused on completely on their business, and it's open a kimono kind of thing where you're sharing your financials, uh, your employee org structure, you're also sharing about your family, and that's where we do, we do that 360-degree interview where we interview the leadership team and the spouse. And in that context, the member also asks one or two key things. What are the two biggest issues in your way in the next 12 months, and how can this group help how can they pray for you how can they process it with you how can they you know get you resources all that kind of stuff uh, to help tackle those issues so that you can move forward someone I mean talk about humility mm -hmm. <laughs> someone might be listening today Kyle and 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 they've, they've got mixed feelings mm -hmm. on the one hand they are scared to the core <laughs> when they hear this and at the same moment, they're saying to themselves, I need that. <laughs> I need that. Because in their gut, they know they have been, have already, they already hit the ceiling mm -hmm. in their potential, in their future. Mm -hmm. And in their gut, they, they can't say that to anybody for various reasons, but they know it. And yet, it strikes a, a deep chord of fear. Absolutely. When we come back, let's let's talk about that in our final segment, along with you know personal things too, challenging times mm -hmm. that Kyle Kelson has gone through. Mm -hmm. Because you know when we get personal, it's not just to peer in or to 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 dig up things. It's to share what God has done mm -hmm. in the midst of our challenge. Mm -hmm. You have challenges. We have challenges, and the Lord is walking with us. Join C12.com. You can find out more there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. Famously beneath the barren sky. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. The C12 framework is for building a great business for a greater purpose. Uh, the powerful groups 
of peers at C12 work together, as Kyle Kelsen was saying, to make better decisions, avoid costly mistakes, and create solid plans for business growth. And get this now, all striving to create eternal impact far beyond the bottom line. You can find out more about this at joinc12.com. Again, joinc12.com. And this program, this podcast, it's for you and for you to share. Go to drdanny.live. Business growth. Going back to our discussion about drilling down a little bit further, as we think about some of the issues that we talked about, a moment of reflection at this point for our listeners. Yeah, I think, I think as you think about everything that's going on in the world, and we think about our context here in New England, um, God has plans for everyone, and it doesn't just involve what we're doing at church. Like, the church is supposed to be a launching point for us to go and minister to our families and to our children and in the workplace, for those of you who are working at jobs. And he wants us to do it well. He wants us to do it with excellence. And the beauty of it is is that he can take broken people. Uh, if you look at my trajectory, uh, you wouldn't have guessed, uh, especially, if, for example, if my mom had had custody, what my life would have been like. Uh, and and he's put me in this place where you know I'm on the radio or I'm getting interviewed, and, and I'm... I'm you know, feel like the least accomplished one in the room when I'm when I'm in this group of CEOs, but he has me leading them and facilitating and helping them grow and stretch. And so the question for all of us is, what are you, what are you doing to 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 go to Lord? Like if you think about Romans seven, where it talks about ask, seek, knock, God has something for you to be doing, and He has purpose for you. Again, it's it's not just in the church. There's there's things that he has for you to do out in the marketplace, in the grocery store, at the school, at the gym, at the playground, wherever it is you're doing it. And going back to your comment question before about Buck Jacobs, one of the quotes that Buck Jacobs says that I love is he says, Jesus didn't call any part-time disciples. He didn't call any part-time disciples. So why are we being part-time disciples? So this person that's struck by fear mm. and the dual sense or sensation mm. that I need this. Mm. I need to be part of C12. Mm. I need the accountability. I, it could save my marriage. It mm. could save my business. Mm. It could take us to another level. Mm. What do you say to someone like that who's teetering in between and yet they know in their heart? That's a great question, Danny. One of the things that's interesting is there are three reasons people stress or wrestle with the C12 decision. One of them is cost. You know, it's like, can I afford this? Can I take this money out of my business and invest in, in my own growth? Isn't there other things that should happen, especially if I'm in trouble financially? The second question, probably a little bit more important, is time. Can I spend a day out of the office not doing anything but working on on my business and not in my business. But the third one is really the one that gets most of us, is change. Do I really want to change? And so the struggle is this tension between knowing that I feel God's prompting that I should be doing more, but I really don't want to. 
and we all wrestle with this in every area of our lives, right? I want to I want to be healthier. I know I should go to the gym more, but uh, it's cold out this morning, and I don't really feel like doing it. Or there's nobody asking us about our health other than maybe our spouse, and maybe we don't receive that with the love that it's intended. Uh, in my in my life as a leader, you know, I know <clears throat> that I should be doing more <clears throat> in terms of my personal leadership and what I'm doing with my my how's my faith community? Am I going to church? Or am I actually actually involved in that? Am I loving my people as well as I should, or am I not? And so that tension is always there of of like if I don't go to a group like C12, nobody's going to ask me those questions. My pastor's probably not going to ask me. My friends probably aren't going to ask me. So who's going to ask you those questions of are you using your business as a conduit? And every month there's a little bit of that excitement like you talked about of like this is helping me do do the best stewardship job I can do. And then there's that tension of, man, I really wish you wouldn't ask me that question. Some say the proof is in the pudding. Over three decades mm-hmm. of leaders coming to gather together on an ongoing basis, putting themselves on the hot seat, squirming a little bit, and yet seeing the fruit in all aspects of their lives. He spoke about change. How have challenging experiences in Kyle Kelsen's life mm. elicited change? Yeah, we, we sort of touched on this a little bit before, but the, the things that have caused me pain, you know, the ones I can think of are in situations where I lost a job, where um, I can think, I'll go back to the one at DEC, and I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, so Dr. Dan, who's also working as a counselor today, is I, I basically was breaking into other people's accounts just for curiosity when I was there. I was a little bit of a hacker before that was really as known as a thing, because it was before the internet. And I got let go there, and I remember just breaking down and crying. And even though I wasn't doing anything malicious, I really was just curious. I was in my I I was in my early twenties. I wouldn't I wasn't finished with college yet because I said I took a ten year plan for college, and I just was curious. And and when I lost that job, I remember how broken I felt and how, you know, what an idiot is the thing that goes through your mind. And so those are the things that remind you uh, that even though many of us are smart people, you don't always make the right decisions and you don't always make the right choices. And the, at the time I wasn't active in my faith, but it were those, those events like that that helped lead me back to faith. So the next place I ended up, I ended up meeting up with uh, some Christians and that's what got me to Grace Chapel. So it was the brokenness of losing that job that did it. Another one that happened as a believer was a broken engagement. You know, here I was, um, very controlling at the time, uh, not, a, not, very, not very compassionate towards the people that I dated because uh, in college and high school I had been more interested in sort of having fun than, than investing in relationship. And that broken engagement taught me that God has a design for, that love actually means putting the other person first. And I don't always do that, but I gained a sense of that. And I also didn't think about the externals of the world about that. Like it wasn't this woman's fault. You know, it was a question of like, what does God have? What work does he have to do in my heart 
that I can be ready for marriage. I wasn't ready. I wanted to get married. It was a it was a nice idea. She was beautiful. She was wonderful. She was a great woman. But it was about me. It wasn't about the three of us, me, her, and God, and how is our relationship going to get stronger? And so that was a real seminal moment in terms of preparing me for my current bride. And we've been married 26 years. So it's cool to see how that works. There's something about the reflection, mm. but also the vulnerability mm. of sharing mm. in a moment like this. And I, mm. think, I think it takes a great deal of courage mm. to do that in the moment. Mm. And a grace from God. Mm. Because today someone is in that place mm. where there's there are things that they may be shame, ashamed of. Perhaps they've hardly shared any of that. Mm. But I also want to go back. So I want, I want to ask as we close our program today, mm. if you could pray. And, and we'll drill down a little bit on, on, on two general areas. Mm. Number one, Kyle, if you would pray for that business owner, mm. that CEO. I mean, your heart flutters mm. when you think about people mm. like that. Mm. But they're in a precarious place. Mm. Fear and yet anticipation mm. of what God might do. If you can pray for them. Mm. And perhaps even pray forward to a breakthrough in their life. Mm. A release in their heart mm. and openness. And then for the, the, the second, someone who is just trying to get their legs under them again because life is, as we said earlier, seeming out of whack. Mm-hmm. But somehow in hearing you, it might not all come, become coherent, but there is a slow sense of a connecting of dots mm-hmm. because of the God we serve. Would you pray yeah. for these dear people today, these dear friends of ours or brothers and sisters in Christ? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, uh, we come before you this day, and whoever's hearing my voice, I pray that you would reach out and you would help them to sense your your sense of desire for them to have a life that is full, that has moments with family and friends and deep relationships. And if they're not a follower of you, that they would come to sense your your presence in their lives, the way you've been around them, the way you've been at them with them at the checkout aisle. You've been with them when they've been uh, doing sports, playing basketball, singing, uh, out in walks in nature, wherever they've been, and they've sent your presence. I pray that they would, they would actually take action on that. They would, they would ask you. They would ask, seek, knock. They would look for your presence in their lives. And Lord, I pray as those people enter this holiday season, I want to pray especially for those who have lost a loved one uh, recently. I pray for those who are hurting, who have felt uh, pain and sadness of not having that loved one with them during the holidays. I pray you would comfort them, you would come alongside them, that they would, they would feel the warmth of your love in the darkest of those days. And Lord, I also want to pray for those Christian business owners and people who are in the marketplace doing work. Lord, I pray that you would help them to work through and find a place where they can, they can share where they can get their issues out on the table, whether it be the personal stuff that's going on, the idolatries that they follow instead of following you, that they would release those idolatries so that they could really be stewards and shepherds of what you've given them, of all the resources that you've given them. 
And Lord, I pray that they would find a group, whether it's C12 or, or something else. There's a bunch of other ones out there uh, that are outstanding. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of Convene and, and CBMC and Marketplace Network and FCCI and all the sister and brother organizations that uh, are in this sphere. And I pray that they would find that spot. And uh, if you're calling them to C12, then, uh, then that'll be a blessing as well. And Lord, I also pray for all the pastors out there, the pastors that are struggling with how do I serve the business people in their community. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to not just see them as donors or elders, but see them as, as human beings, as sinners who need love and need to be cared for in the same way the rest of the flock do, but also in different ways. And they would ask them about how they can be praying for them and their employees and and they could understand that the burden that they're under. And I pray for pastors themselves as they go through this time when so much is expected of them in terms of serving the church with all the events, and that yet they have so such little time for their families and their own spiritual care. So I pray you would be with them, you would encourage them, and you would uphold them. And I pray for Danny. I pray you continue to bless the work he's doing and this radio station and the Salem Radio Group and just all the things that you're doing here in New England. Uh, may you be glorified. In your son Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your seasoning, your sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Someone who is always growing and learning. I mean, we were blessed. I mean, how often do we have a distinguished Toastmaster, a DTM, <laughs> sitting in this seat, an outdoorsman who also finds time to serve as chair of the Board of Trustees mm-hmm. at your church? Kyle Kelson. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Inspiring words from Kyle Kelson. Join C12.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I believe this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus. Go to drdanny.live for next steps and, and find resources to reach family members and friends. Go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. James 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Kyle Kelsen, jointc12.com. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.